Hello and welcome to VG Empire episode 21, VGEmpire.com. Thank you for your comments and other related works. Uh, this is your host, Brett Elston, and with me this week is a special guest who is pinch- picking his nails at the moment. Matt Hackett. Hi. So this is weird because this is the first uh, VG Empire that doesn't have any other Laser Time folk in it, and uh, Matt is one of my older friends from... My Illinois days has been aforementioned in many other podcasts and websites and whatever. So I don't know if, since most people have no idea who you are, uh, like give a quick, uh, the quick two minute version of why. I know you talk <laughs> about Creative Assassin a lot. I, yes. I'm in that same little niche of friends because yeah, yeah. we all grew up together, like um, junior high and all that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know Creative Assassin super well. We met in uh, seventh grade or something. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, I came out to California like five years ago or something yep. to work for Yahoo. And I can tell you it was June 2007, but see, you always know the dates. I but but who who's counting? <laughs> no one. I uh, yeah. So I I started to try to get more into games because Yahoo. You know, I was working on stuff that really interested me. So I went to go work for Raptor, and then uh, these days I'm an independent game developer for uh, Lost Decade Games. Mm. We're making uh, like mobile games and games you can play. <clears throat> games you can play casually, that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, you actually have the actual game development background because I remember like growing up, you would you and our other friend who's never been on the show, uh, Jim, like it matters. But uh, <laughs> you guys would be programming in QBasic, and then you'd be programming in C plus plus, and then you'd be programming in something else after that, and then that actually led to he has a job doing boring web development stuff uh, for schools, whereas yep. then you actually went on to make games. But then your brother works for EA. Oh, that's still. true too. Yeah, it's pretty ingrained in, in game culture these days. Like yeah. um, uh, my girlfriend Andrea works at Playdom. Uh-huh. She's a user researcher for you know Disney Interactive Media, which is all their their Facebook games and all that stuff. And then my brother John works at Electronics Arts. He's been there. He was there for like seven years, and then he went over to Activision for a while, and now right. he's back at EA. Yep, that's pretty cool. But today, since you know, we're not talking about the games you make. No, uh, but in this games. case, um, in this case, we're talking about a series that I stayed at your house actually uh, right before, right when uh, I bought the domain. I think the same night I bought VGEmpire.com that night. Oh yeah, and I were talking about what episodes, like what games you would want to do or whatever. And you mentioned Shining series, oh, Shining, and it's good because that's a series I actually don't know much about. So that's why like we did one episode with Earthbound last week. And I'm like, good, Mike Grimm, who did it for me. I'm like, I don't know. I know the series. Right, I know the right. music, but I can't talk about it. Um, whereas you know Shining very well. So that's what brought us in was Shining in the Darkness. Yeah, the song was called The Ancient Temple. Uh, I'm going to destroy this poor person's name. I'm going to try Masahiko Yoshimura. Sounds sounds good. All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was the, the, the dungeon music. So it's a first-person dungeon crawler. It's, it's, a, it's a classic game. It's got big, beautiful graphics. It was the... Like one of the very first games I ever played, uh, RPG wise, the, um, right after Dragon Warrior, you know, right, nineteen ninety one. There really, there really wasn't much else out there. So, but it's that kind of like Shining in the Darkness isn't like RPG where you roam. Or it's like always first person, but it's like yes, it's only first person a screen at a time. So like right. swords and serpents or wizardry, I think is the same. Yeah, so it's it's closer to like a like a tile based game, yeah. or like a roguelike where you're really only existing in one square at a time. It's right. not like not even like Doom where you've got these walls. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not really like geometry. It's it's really just like a matrix of squares. Right. Um, but yeah, the whole game's kind of like that. The town is the same kind of perspective where it's it's like first person, but you're basically standing in the middle of the town and you rotate around. Right. To look at the village, um, but the. Yeah, there's an overworld map where there's only really three places you can go. Like, I feel like modern gamers would be like, is this the whole game? Because there's, right. the, there's a labyrinth, the castle, and the town. Right. 
but it's also in a game that had less memory than in my cell phone from five years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. Um, but like, this is a series that obviously caught on um, and became other games as we'll we'll see. Like the Shining series, and even as it be, well, it became a series um, instead of just one game. But as a kid, and from like grade school to junior high, like Shining meant something. Like right. whenever there was a new Shining something, like we won't go into them, but there was like Shining in the Holy Ark and Shining Wisdom. Yeah. And there was all these other games. It was always like a new Shining something was like, wow, that's a new Shining game. Even though I never really played any of them, it was like, that's a series that's cool. I wish I ever played them. I had the same kind of thing. There's, there's a series like Diablo. Like I know that Diablo is an amazing series yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to Diablo 3 and all that, but like it wasn't part of my childhood or my, yeah, my yeah, gaming yeah. experience just because of that happens sometimes. You yeah. know, I've got, ga- like you can't play every game. I ever. can't play everything. Like I don't, like, don't know anything about Assassin's Creed. Don't know anything about Metal Gear in general. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it did solid, but uh, anyway, the music of Shining of the Dragons. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the gameplay is like by today's standards pretty simplistic, very, very old school, but then the yep. music, I think, is much as I would say about most VGM, is kind of super timeless. And I think so. Putting yeah. the Genesis to good use, we've uh, put the Genesis down quite a bit in this show, <laughs> and it's easy to do, it's an easy target. Um, but I guess with that FM synthesis uh, and all the business going it, on, it's there? hit or miss. You really have to know what you're yeah. doing. What was my favorite one? Is the is it Sonic Spinball oh, pause screen? Yes, the Sonic it, it just sounds like they're trying to irritate you. Yeah, it's bad. Whereas no. the rest of that game is fine. But then that scene. But yeah, Genesis can go awry pretty quick. But Shining, uh, the whole series is definitely a case of here's that you know sound chip that sound that chipset put to good use. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you had any notes on the music itself or what the songs we were going to listen to first. Or So we were brought in with the ancient temple, and then we're also going to go uh, over the the tavern music is really interesting in this game because uh, it was one of the first games I ever played that um, experimented with like, like 3D audio, like spatial audio, right? Oh, okay. So when you were in any area in the game, there'd be normal music like you'd expect, but when you went to the town, uh, as I was talking about earlier, you're kind of in the middle of the town, and you kind of rotate around to mm-hmm. see everything and whenever you were you know 180 degrees away from the tavern the music for the tavern would be very quiet but you can hmm. still hear it so there wasn't actually village music oh, that's pretty cool though it was very interesting um so the the tavern music is is kind of prolific if you've played the game it's, it's kind of everywhere it's village and tavern and then i really like this effect because it's, it's really quiet and then you rotate around and you get to the tavern and when you go in it like kicks up an extra notch and all of a sudden right. it's like super loud you're in this raucous tavern or whatever right and it's really super festive and like it, if you ever like if you don't go back and play the game, at least watch some videos because the tavern is so cool. There's all these really big, beautiful hand-drawn characters yeah. that just have like two or three frames of animation. But it was just set up in a way where it just felt really epic because every other game I'd played since then was like every any character you saw was a 16 by 16 square. Be pretty tiny or goofy even. Like would look yeah. really silly. But yeah, this game seemed like, for want of a better word, serious. Like in that it felt like a D&D kind of like monsters thing. Yeah, I mean the style was cartoony, but yeah. it definitely had like uh, like the princess was getting kidnapped, and it wasn't like uh, like Mario where it's like oh Bowser, you just yeah. go kidnap her, you're fine. But right. no, this one it's like the kingdom is in peril. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's also uh, so the battle theme is I think is is right. pretty iconic. Like um, there's actually a, a like Norbert Clark remix song of the, it might be the, the Labyrinth, but anyway, it's a really excellent theme. So we'll go into that as well. Um, the whole soundtrack's amazing. You should check it out. So, what are the uh, re- quick recap? The three songs or two songs or yeah, we got we got two more. Okay. There's um, the tavern of oh, tavern and then the battle theme. Tavern battle. All right, we'll be right back.
I actually remember that tavern music because it's super goofy. Yeah. Like, that's why I... It sounds like... It almost sounds like Chocobo racing music or... I could hear that. People, like, betting on cockfights or something, only it's, like, stuffed chicken, like, plush toys or something instead of actual deadly birds locked in combat. Yeah, the, uh, the game has... And, and this was this continues in all of the, the Shining series is all these games have these really great contrasts where you'll have these songs that sound like... Like, everything's really important and critical and, and dangerous, right? Mm. And then they'll have these really goofy songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you'll see this throughout the Shining uh, franchise, probably most of Climax Entertainment's games. But uh, I really like it a lot because it just, it emphasizes, like, when you're having fun, you're having even more fun because you were, you know, in... You're somewhat invested in it at that point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the battle music is, like, just straight up, usually good JRPG battle music or whatever. Like, it's yeah. just, like, a genre that they perfected and, like... Hey, it's all like vaguely prog rocky stuff. That's just I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, but after so shining after after shining in the darkness uh, came shining force. Oh man, shining force. So uh, this is one of my favorite games of all time. And I've yes. been playing games since I was six. I, I've played hundreds and hundreds of games. Um, so shining in the darkness, I, I conquered that game. Like you can beat the last guy, Dark Soul at like level 40 or so, around there, right? Mm. I got to level 99 because I loved the game so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So whenever, like, this was back when there was no uh, internet to speak of, of right? Course, yeah. And I would just see like in a magazine, I would see a single screenshot of, oh, Shining Force. Yeah. And I would just, <gasps> I would just stare at it and right. try to like memorize every pixel. And the, the screenshots you would see are so cool. So the way Shining Force works is a, it's a, it's a turn-based strategy game. But it has this extra thing, um, like if you've played Advance Wars, mm-hmm. it, when you actually go to attack or, yeah. or do an action, uh, it, it'll zoom in kind of like to a different screen. Right. And what Shining Force had is um, the same kind of thing where you had these big, beautiful hand-drawn graphics with you know a couple of frames of animation. And that was like a battle sequence. The very first screenshot I ever saw was of the archer named Hans. And it looks so epic. Where like yeah. it's, the, the top and bottom is like, a, uh, it makes it widescreen. Yeah, so yeah, it looks yeah. like a film, which makes it feel more epic. And then... Like the, the archer was on this like platform right right by the the player you know close to the camera and then right. the enemies on the other side and that's all I saw it was just this one screenshot and like it didn't even say much about the game so right. I spent like a whole summer just yeah. being like what is it what how does that work yeah is yeah. that that the battle is that the con- like what <gasps> yeah I remember that like looking at like an EGM or a game pro would have one screen and like and yeah there's no context for what it is just and at the bottom it just say shining force. And you just, yeah. well, what do you do? Like, what? no no game can look that good, so how does it even play? And then when you play it, you're like, oh, I get it. It's like a static image. I see. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it changed from this, like, dungeon crawler first-person game into, for want of a better term, like, Advance Wars or Final Fantasy Tactics kind of, like, tile-based, yeah. uh, turn-based strategy game, which is actually really cool. Kind of a precursor. Well, I actually don't know the dates, because, but Fire Emblem is kind of maybe the closest equivalent that's hard to tell, Perhaps. especially since Fire Emblem took its sweet time to come over to the states. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not sure the Japanese dates there, but they're they're both vaguely similar. Although units, like in Fire Emblem, units dies, it's dead forever. Army death. I yeah. think uh, Shining, you get your army back, or yeah. So Shining Force, it, it doesn't. It's not like something like Dark Wizard where you can spawn your own units whenever you want, or Advanced yeah. Wars where you can create. Shining Force right. is um, that's something else they did is. So you start off with like uh, six units or something, mm-hmm. and you can only have twelve in your party at any given time. Uh, and there were these uh, characters hidden throughout like the story. It was chapter based. Oh, that's right. I believe there were eight chapters, and it was so good because you would you like go through this really like long hour long battle, and then you go into this village at the end, and it was so rewarding because not only could you go to the shop and upgrade your weapons and that kind of stuff, which is typical in RPGs, but there would also be this awesome hidden stuff. Like uh, if you went and 
read a note on the wall or something, it would like a the ninja Hanzo would all of a sudden appear in your party. Ah, Hanzo. I remember that name. Oh, he was so good, too. He was like, he'd come into your party. He was so much more powerful than everybody you had. Um, so what songs did you choose for this one? This, the same composer? Yes, same composer. Um, this was really hard to, to choose the songs. So I think we're going to do, uh, it's called Standard City Trek. It's very <laughs> generic sounding. Well, World yeah. Map 1. Of course. Battle 3. Awesome. That's. <laughs> but it's, it's a pretty good sampling of uh, just like the, the mood the game sets. It has the same kind of thing where, like, you'll have a wacky time in the village. Um, like, there's a part in the, where you can get turned into a chicken. It's just wacky, right? But then you go into battle, and, uh, like, that's when it gets real, you know? Right. And this is, uh, if any of this sounds vaguely interesting, uh, vir- uh, Shining Force is on the Virtual Console. So yeah, that is a modern way to get it. And it might be on some collection somewhere, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I think it holds up, too. Like, I mean, Shining in the Darkness is very grindy. But Shining Force is one of those games that you really can just play through. Oh, it is on Steam. So it's on Steam. If you want to get Shining Force, we'll on go Steam. get it. Yeah, it's on iOS apparently as of July 29th, twenty ten. So, and this actually seems like a game if it was done well would work really well on iOS because it's not like performance heavy. I feel like a failure as a fan of the game for not knowing that. <laughs> I'm looking at a wiki, so I'm not. I don't have any like secret insight. Hmm. But this is that's uh yeah. So we'll go into those three songs and uh, come right back. Thank you. 
So that last song is just called Battle 3, which is, you, what a forgettable name. But what it is to me is it's the circus tent fight. What? Man, it gets me so pumped up. So I, that's, uh, I'm guessing, a moment in the game is a circus tent. Yes. So Shining Force has these excellent moments. There's this one moment where uh, you go into like a, a graveyard area and it's a trap and like it's epic and it's amazing. And then they have a, a another similar encounter later on in the game where... Um, there's this really creepy uh, chick you see at one point who has this like living puppet with her and she just says something scary to you and you're like, that was weird. And then mm. later there's like a, a person missing or something and like, oh, where's my young daughter? I think I saw her in this giant circus tent that appeared <laughs> out of nowhere. And it, again, it's one of those games with the, the contrast, right? Like everything's wacky and then everything gets like kind of scary, right. right? So you go inside this circus tent and then that music starts with the the drums and the crazy buildup. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it's on the same level as like like the Atma weapon battle in Final Fantasy. It's like yeah, yeah, six, yeah. Yeah, it gets me the most pumped up. Well, it's like a specific moment, like well, like like any good JRPG does, where you have like if it's if it's not just another run of the mill even boss battle, if it's there's some kind of to do about it, they change the music and like, and that's how we grow up with this like we'll put more emphasis on a certain song because it was a moment instead of just another boss yes. battle. And yeah. that's why you can go. That's why we all remember if you played six, you remember the Atma battle because that uh, that other music comes on that only plays when he's on the screen. Right. And that's something that most games today just do not do is like really tie a theme to a character. It'd be like Uncharted has a theme the, the, right. in general, but like, you know, this enemy that comes on the screen and dogs you the whole game or yeah. a big battle that comes up and this enemy has a theme and you're like, well, I'll always know Atma's theme or Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy V or even down to like characters like Ryu from Street Fighter. Like when yeah. you hear Ryu's song, you know. So you talked about on the Advance Wars episode about how it was really cool. Nintendo made a theme for each character and mm. then that sets that. But like I feel like games either go all in, they pay close attention to that kind of thing or they don't really care. Yeah. This game was kind of in the middle because the Circus Tent Battle 3 theme wasn't... I think if memory serves, this is decades ago, but I think it was used twice in the game. The first yeah. one's at Circus Tent where I was just like, so epic and then later on it was used it just one more time i think they were just trying to spread their content yeah you know? but it's the point like it's 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 used sparingly and that's what gives it the emphasis but one thing i've noticed listening to this music again is that especially for the time period that it's in it feels very cinematic and movie-like yeah at a time when a lot of games like while i love stuff like castlevania mega man whatever games i've had on the show battletoads wizards and warriors whatever it is uh for that time period though this feels much more like movie-like and right. You, something you wouldn't be out of too out of place in Willow or Lord of the Rings, um, you know, obviously with an orchestra or something. But right. the 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 structure of the song is very much like a genuine song. Yeah, that gets the uh, gets the action moving. The thing that shocks me that they were able to do is even though it's a turn based game, so mm -hmm. like you can just be sitting there. It's just like little glowy, right, yeah. glowy thing on your character. It's clearly your turn. There's nothing happening. I'm still on the edge of my seat, yeah, even though yeah, I have all the time happening. in the world to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that that circus uh, tent battle. That, like so these puppet creatures came to life and they're just like this was back too when i was scared of like chucky from child's play like right. when the very first movie came out you know mm -hmm. but the so they like when you fought a puppet character it would be just kind of like laying on the ground looking creepy and then when it would attack there was attack animation for all the characters right so it would like stand up and kind of like just sway its crappy looking arm uh. and then boom those things did so much damage that was such a scary intense fight i mm. loved it and so that brings us into shining force 2 or no, we're I'd like to go into Landstalker because I think chronologically, so so the, the composer changes, and uh, I'm gonna say this wrong again. Uh, Matoaki Takanouchi. Takanouchi, yeah. yeah. Let's. I, both of us are probably screwing it up. <laughs> so um, my dates might be wrong too, but so so Landstalker, um, like you were saying earlier, how like uh, 
they kind of they don't always go with the same thing, right? Like Shining the Darkness started the first person dungeon crawler. Shining yeah. Forest they went with the turn based strategy game, and then Landstalker. I don't think it's it might not actually be a shining game, but it's it's Climax Entertainment. It's a lot of the same developers. Yeah. It's a lot of this. Uh, it's exactly the same composer, and you can hear a lot of like the same like motifs and stuff being used. Right. You know, um, so Landstalker is actually an isometric. Uh, puzzle game. It's extremely similar to. Uh, you've actually had. Uh, did you talk about Solus on VG Empire? Solstice. Sol- Solstice. I'm sorry. Uh, we played like in the first episode of Solstice, but yeah, it's a game like Solstice, or for lack of a better comparison, maybe Sonic 3D Blast. If you if you must. <laughs> the, um, the perspective works. Yes. Yeah, that's about it. Or, but it was it was yeah. very similar to Zelda, actually. Like, I'm clearly the they were inspired. The, the structure of the game, yeah, very much like Zelda. Yeah, because it was it was very dungeon based, like. Uh, you collected heart containers instead of like gaining experience points and that kind of thing. Um, but it, it definitely had um, a lot in common with the Shining game. So like the, the way, one of the things that Shining Force and Shining the Dark just kind of innovated on was the menus, instead of just being text with arrows, the menus were actually, uh, like the UI looked like these little icons, basically, right? Um, and then Landstalker had exactly the same thing. So like if you just went from a Shining Force game over to Landstalker, mm-hmm. the UI is very familiar. Oh, that's cool. But then the gameplay obviously is drastically different. Right. That's kind of cool though. Yeah, it's it was weird clearly a thematic the same. UI across multiple games. Yeah, kind of strange. The graphics were very similar, but yeah. My memory of Landstalker is uh, one time you and I went to Florida, and I brought this tiny poopy little TV and hooked up a Genesis to it. And I remember you playing Landstalker, and you'd said, like, you got stuck on some point for years. Oh, this is embarrassing. It's it's pretty embarrassing, I got to say. And, like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, and I played it for hours, and I got to this point, and there's, like, a statue, and uh, it doesn't open, and nothing happens, and it's, like, an Earth statue. And I'm like, I'll... And you, like... I had like an a Earth bit, spell. Yeah, like, I've been stuck here for years, and I just never even thought about, like, what to do. And as a kid, I just got stuck and gave up. And, you you know, I hadn't bothered to look on a fact at this point, because, like, <laughs> you hadn't really thought of it at that point. I just uh, had an old save game left over. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then, you know, I'm like, I don't know, do you have a Quake spell or an Earth spell or something? And you're like, damn it. And yeah. you <laughs> use it, it works. And then the, the dungeon opens, like, that's yeah. all. That was it. That was really embarrassing. But, okay, in, in my defense, it was one of those games where that that it was never set as a precedence. It was yeah. never, like, you you don't use any items. You don't use yeah. nothing. It was always just stuff hidden in the game that you right. just, like, walk around a corner or move a block or something. It was yeah. never, like, uh, I just love that it worked immediately. You're like, Ugh. It took you all of 30 seconds yeah. to sum up like a month of me as a kid struck, like throwing something. Well, to, to the be wall. fair though, you were still thinking within the confines of what had happened up to that point. And I was just thinking of like, well, if I was games, a I fresh would... perspective. Yeah. I, yeah. But uh, what songs did you choose from Landstalker? I got to say, this was really hard. The, the Landstalker soundtrack is, is really big, mm. uh, especially compared to the other games in, in the franchise. And, um, it's very, very diverse. There's actually these parts of the game where, uh, like, there's this kind of, I don't know what the wording, but, like, a, kind of a hoity-poity business with, like, the king and queen. And, like, they have this music that's very appropriately, like, uh, like snootish or something. It sounds right. like you're in a castle where there's a butler. And right, you must a, regal, a regal attitude to it. or Yeah, and it's a very small part of the game, so I, I haven't actually included any of those. But that's I just wanted to, just like, give an example of what kind of diversity that the, the album has, or the soundtrack has, right? So um, the three that I've picked are um, Labyrinth, which is an interesting song. It's what actually starts the game up. So when you first start a new game, there's kind of like this, this not really a cinematic, but it's like uh, the computer's controlling your character mm-hmm. and the credits are rolling. And this, this really great music, which they just call Labyrinth, um, plays. And it's, it's really cool. And then um, so Seeking Treasure and then Treasure Hunter Nigel are the two uh, different overworlds mm-hmm. um, songs in the game. And this is something else that, um, that Climax has been really good about over the years is 
they reward you if like if you play the game long enough you you know you're you're so used to the battle music or or the or the overworld music or whatever and then uh, about halfway through the game or maybe closer to the end they throw in a new theme and that that like reinvigorates you you know mm-hmm. if you ever get to the point where you're like oh is this game gonna end you right. get brand new music and you're like yes. that's that's cool yeah that that's funny how that's all it took sometimes was like yeah. hey we changed the music oh I'm back in like, yes. Okay, so uh, wait, we'll do the three songs for our Landstalker and come right back.
that last one really reminds me of Ease, actually. Hmm. It sounds like Ease Overworld, and then the first one sounded like Inspector Gadget to me before I, it. I be- hear that yeah. before it kicked up. Um, now both those are. It's weird because I I recognize a lot of this music just from you and the aforementioned friend Jim uh, yep. playing these, and just and then also like in the early days of like ripping music when we would just plug into a stereo and hit record mm-hmm. and Jim actually my friend Jim actually made us VGM CDs and we were like how did you do this with a CD burner what is that <laughs> and he made v- uh, game music CDs and I had that in my car for years because I thought that was the most amazing thing in the world and because he knew Shining and this Landstalker he put them on there and that's how I knew them really well but I also wanted to point out that Landstalker also on virtual console so if you want to so fair warning, the controls are <laughs> yeah, like it's isometric, and you're supposed to play it with a D-pad. I, I'm oh, pretty it's sure one of those. Yeah, I remember as a kid, like rotating not not always, but like if I was on a hard like platformer area, I'd rotate my controller so that it, like the D-pad pointed the same direction as, as the see. perspective. Yeah, and it's one of those games too where like this is the early early days of 3D. Yeah, so like. Uh, Nigel, the main character, doesn't always have a shadow to show you where mm. exactly he is in the 3D it's world. One, yeah, and there's no like scaling. Like if you're if you're ah. farther from the camera, you don't get smaller. Right. So I think sometimes you don't you can't tell where you are in right. the world. Right. A good example, another maybe touchstone that people might know that's uh, similar is Mario RPG. The overworld for that is yeah. isometric, but Mario, there's some platforming elements to that, and you can totally be missing jumps because you're like, I don't know where I am in relation to this coin block or something. There's a game, too, which I played, but I, I never did the hard research, like the deep, deep research to find out more about it, but it's called Dark Savior. It was for Saturn. Oh, yeah, actually, that was like the uh, spiritual successor to Landstalker. Yeah, yeah, I played that one. Also amazing music, especially the music near the beginning of the game. And this one's a little different because it actually was real 3D. I had a lot of uh, billboards. You know, like your main character was actually a billboard. Like you couldn't change like perspective a, sp- on him. a 2D sprite that put in a 3D world kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, but you could at least rotate the camera a little bit just to kind of tell where in the world right. you were. Yeah, but that's another one uh, worth looking at. Uh, Landstalker also on Steam. Sega has been actually really good about putting their games on Steam. I'll just say that. Wow, if you want to give them money, they they enable you to. That's that's yeah. great. I'd also like to point out the uh, box art for Landstalker is horrible. Oh, uh, Shining Force Two that we're gonna get into pretty soon. That that I was gonna point, I was gonna say has box art like almost on a level of Mega Man, where wow, really? the perspective is so wrong looking, <laughs> and like it doesn't make you think of the game when you look at it. You know, like right. okay, swords and shields and monsters, but I like remember, I guess Shining Force One had the box art I'm thinking of that's just like knights and people with swords, and and Shining Force CD, which I guess we're skipping as well, but. That's like a weird collection of something. like. So Shining Force, I had a really re- weird relationship with Shining Force CD. I remember being really happy to get it, but it was it was one of those games that was so hard to find, and then I had to borrow it from Jim, and what they did was they took out the towns. They took out towns, I remember that. And and what a, oh, it destroyed me, man. Yeah. I was so looking forward. I was like, another Shining game, so good. But it's like, a, it's like I actually don't know any, I, yeah, I played it like twice, but it's something like it was pieces of old ones, or maybe it was a whole new game. I so it was a, a remake of Shining Force Gaiden and something else. So it was, it was like we're gonna take two of these games that we're not gonna give you over in the states, and we're gonna like Mash them jam together. them. To, yeah, it makes sense that like I, I played it and it didn't really do a lot for me because it did kind of feel like a project that didn't get a lot of love. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Um, but before we move off of Landstalker, I can point out the weird uh, follow up. If you're Dreamcast fan, there was Time Stalkers. Which is oh. actually a pseudo sequel, but it's also this weird compilation of characters that from Climax because there's shining characters in it. Right. 
so there's just another option if like you're some reason this makes five of you want to go play these games um <laughs> while the music is awesome it's always hard to like sometimes no you should go play wizards and warriors and i on that episode i'm like there may be no reason to play these games anymore. Some of them, yes. It's just it's leave it leave it to the time. Leave it to the music because the music was good forever. But yeah, yeah. Time Stalkers was just another option. Uh, uh, when it came out, I didn't even put that together. And then at one right. point, I remember looking at it like, wait, that guy on the box, and it's called something Stalkers. I wonder if this is related to Landstalker. Landstalker? Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was cool to me because they didn't always have like, it wasn't just... Shining the Darkness 2, Shining the Darkness 3, Shining the Darkness 4. Yeah, they jumped around a lot. That was cool, and I like how they played the title and stuff, but it did create a lot of confusion, especially in a day and age when we didn't have access to a lot of information. Yeah, and you're just like, so is Shining Wisdom related to anything? Right. Who knows? So, like, it it leaves these weird fans like me who are, like, I consider myself a hardcore Shining fan, but at the same time, I don't know all of the the lore and all that. Yeah. So, it's it's weird. Um, So, I guess the last game we're touching on is Shining Force 2. Yes, and this one will be the same composer. I'm I'm gonna not say that again. That's all right <laughs> with you. Um, I'll leave him alone. Um, so there's uh, three songs I chose from this one: um, "Lively Town," "Wandering Warriors," and "Battle 3. They, they always have like these. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so "Shining Force 2, I had a weird relationship too. I was actually gonna ask you about this, Mister Memory, with your knowing years that things happened uh, and stuff. So the release date that I got was 1994, and the thing that's crazy to me is I was such a huge fan of Shining Force. I flipped that game like five, six times. I have no idea. In like the first year alone, I just played it endlessly, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I did not play Shining Force 2 when it first came out. And I'm wondering, like, what was going on in 1993? I'm, I'm, my best guess would be that that's when, like, Square started to hit Super Nintendo really hard. Uh, well, 93 was Secret of Mana. And, okay. And, like, Secret of Mana, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, Plock... Mm. Um, so that's what, that's what I think because I know that my family like we were too poor to just buy whatever came out so we would wait till Christmas and like even then it was like oh I really hope we get a Genesis and then we would, yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd figure it out and like so we got a Genesis and then I think there was a year between Christmases where that's all we had and then we got a Super Nintendo I'm pretty sure my Genesis basically sat on the shelf for a while because uh-huh. I had like I had never played Zelda three, right? So I had a lot of catching up to do as a as a hardcore Nintendo gamer, you know. Which, if you're too young to remember, Link to the Past, as everyone knows, for a, a long, well, long time in kid years, which is like probably more like eight nine months, right? It was known as Zelda three, and yeah. that's what everybody called it. And Ocarina of Time was at the end of that because it was Zelda sixty four for a long, long time, right, right. Before it got the title Ocarina of Time, so like you're the only person I remember, or the only person to this day that actually still calls it Zelda three. Uh, it shows my age. But I remember that. I remember calling it Zelda 3, and then it was finally called Link to the Past, right. and we are old. We are so old. But... <laughs> One day, all of you kids will be here. Enjoy your 20s, everybody. Because <laughs> you don't get them back, so do something useful with it. Yes. Anyway. Uh, so we can go into those, I guess. Yeah. Well, so what songs are we going to do from... Uh, oh, yeah, I think you named them, but just really quick. Sure. So Shining Force 2, there's uh, Lively Town, which is the first town you start in. It's, you know, pretty standard. Um, and then Wandering Warriors is um, the battle music. Like the, It's not just the battle music. It's also... The game was kind of weird, actually, because it actually had random encounters... In a, in, a, in a game where a, an encounter was like an hour-long battle plus. Right. Oh, God. So... Oh, yeah. I remember... Yeah. What it's a like, weird thing It's like, imagine with. a random encounter, only it spawns like an army of tile-based enemies. Yeah. And like, let's say that. you're on your way, like in a Final Fantasy game, I'm going to go to this village, and there's, you know, four or five battles in your way, and every single one takes a minute or two tops, and you're yeah. done. But in this one, you're like, okay, I need to go to this village. Shh, random battle. An hour and a half later, I'm yes. done, and I'm like, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> what happened? 
Um, I but, forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a weird thing to play with. Like, uh, I wouldn't have touched that with a ten foot pole. But uh, so the music that the this one is the Wandering Warriors is kind of overworld slash battle because there was a lot happening in their overworld, right? Mm. Um, and then Battle Three is one of my favorite battle songs of all time. Okay, we'll do those and be right back.
As you might suspect, uh, Shining Force 2 also on Virtual Console. Nice. Um, and Steam. Wow. And uh, it's actually also on the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection for 360 PS3, which is a really good collection, oh, yeah. uh, which has like a bunch of other really good stuff on there. And uh, also very easy to get all 1,000 achievement points in that. Well, it's easy to get nine, 950 achievements. Uh, the last one for 50 points is beating... Mean Bean Machine on some ridiculous level that oh, is yes. basically impossible. I remember you guys complaining about that. Uh, I'll have 950 on that forever. Um, but uh, That yeah. one I will say it holds up to. Uh, the only problem with Shining Force 2 is I've, I was actually trying to play it recently. and It's a really good game, but it has that where it's uh, like, oh, you, the, the bridge is out. You need to go figure out how to build the bridge again or something. And they, they do not help you. you know, <laughs> these games these days, like Skyrim, it's like it points you. as an arrow right, right here. Yeah, go talk to this guy. Whereas... It's as a old like hardcore game. It's it really doesn't hold your hand. But they just want you because if you knew the critical path, you could blow through the game very quickly. So that's just exactly. like no, you're gonna have to wander around and in the process gain levels so that you are strong enough to fight the things later. Right. Um, so with a fact, it's it's worth playing. Yes, most of those old games is definitely have a fact out because rose colored glasses for sure. But there's <laughs> right. fun to be had, but it. I don't know, but it also does take away from some of it. Like, you know, I ran through the GameCube Resident Evil remake recently because I'd never played it when it came out because my aforementioned issues with Resident Evil when I when it when it, the first one came out. Right. So I played it again with the with the fact, and at one point I was like, I'm really enjoying like this. Actually, is really good, and I I I like this a lot more than the PS1 version that I played as of you know when it came out in '96. So uh, I can see why I can see where the the love comes from because this is like some real good tension and real good just like creepy vibe going on. But if I wasn't using this fact, I would have no idea what I'm doing. I have no patience for that anymore. And, I, and I don't know if that's just because I'm getting because I'm older. I'm like 10, 15 years older, and I'm just like, look, I got stuff to do. I got places to be. Or when I was fourteen, I had nothing but time. Oh yeah. So I'm just like, like, yeah, I'll just piddle around here forever. I don't that's care. a big part of it. Is like back then, I would spend my whole summer like uh, getting the money I needed to buy the game, and yeah. I would have one game. To one play. game, yeah. So it's like I wouldn't mind if you like, oh, you have no idea what to do. Just explore for four hours. I'm like, okay, nothing yeah, else to do. I can't These wait. days. I've got everyone clamoring for my attention to play there. And all like so many games are free even, you know. So many games are free and there's so many good games constantly when it right. used to be like, no, there's a lot of bad games all the time. And <laughs> pretty much. And there's only 
a handful every year that are going to be really like AAA games. And now it's like, I mean, let's be honest, every year there's like 100 AAA games I could be playing that are all absolutely worth your time. So it's really hard. So you should totally think about playing Shining Force, but <laughs> let's be real, you won't. Not a great advertisement for Shining Force. Yeah, but no, they're, they are really good. And if you like Advance Wars and Fire Emblem and you do like that kind of game, like this is something to definitely look into because this was a classic series for a long time. And if you're just looking for more of that in lieu of you know another Fire Emblem, uh, there's a new one for 3DS in Japan that's apparently doing pretty well. I don't know about it. Coming hmm. over, what, the, what the state of it coming here is, but um, odds are it would. Hmm. But if you're in the in the market for something more like that, you, you don't have a new Advance Wars, you don't have a new Fire Emblem, Final Fantasy Tactics has done its thing. Shining Force is very much a good opportunity, a, a good alternative to check out. And it's on Steam, so anyone can have it. It's, right. it's pretty nice. Check out the first one, and uh, you'll see how they kind of laid the groundwork for some of these other games to like stand on its shoulders. Yep. You know, But Taking Us Out was a remix from one of your friends, actually. Yeah, so Joshua Morris is an indie game composer, and he's been doing all of the music for Lost Decade Games. And he's done a lot of stuff on Overclocked, I believe, as well. He, yeah, he's, he's ooh, man, he's got like a dozen or so remixes, an Overclocked remix. He's also done uh, several solo projects, mm. uh, and, a, and a bunch more coming up. He's You should definitely check him out. Uh, he yeah. does amazing work. Um, so he, he put together a, a quick remix when he heard about the, this show. and um, Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. A VG Empire exclusive, sort of. Yeah, I don't think it lives anywhere else. So. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. then, thank you, Mr. Morse. Yeah, check him out. Uh, but then you also want to plug your show and other things you do. Yeah, so uh, I, I run Lost Decade Games. We just make independent games. There's not a whole lot for uh, consumers these days. We're kind of like selling our games to portals and stuff. We're, we're making a big push on a brand new game, though, that might interest, uh, especially people who are fans of retro games. It's like we're, we're taking a, a page from the book of like Golden Axe and uh, Magic Sword and Altered Beast and all right. those like arcade games where you're like side scrolling and you're you know attacking bad guys and powering up your weapons and casting spells that like you know freeze the game and show like a little mini scene like mm. casting fire down and stuff right. kind of stuff. So uh, that game doesn't exist yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> it's got about three or four months before it'll it'll be ready for for eyeballs. And uh, so go to LostTicketGames.com and uh, and follow us and you'll you'll get to see like alpha versions of the game and stuff. Uh, anyway, more relevant to your listeners is we also have a podcast. It's uh, Tends to be kind of techy, but uh, what we talk about is kind of the behind the scenes of, of making games and how to be like an independent game developer and that kind of stuff. So it's called Lost Cast. Just check it out on LostTicketGames.com. Cool. And thank you again for Joshua Morse for the free remix. Very and cool. uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks.